On this episode of the Hoop Scoop, brought to you by the Quick Takes Podcast Network, we sink our teeth into the most recent NBA action, such as the Bucks being bounced out by the Miami Heat and the Celtics moving on past the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, we apologize for the late upload schedule for the Hoop Scoop. Things should be going back to normal as the school year starts to get settled in here. So anyways, buckle up. Here we go. back for another episode of the hoop scoop i'm joined again by cole sam and pj a ton of great basketball has been going on this week the bucks have been eliminated they're the only semifinal team who is or we know won't be moving on the heat took them out in five games but to start off i want to get your guys take on game four between the lakers and rockets that's going to be going on tonight um it's been Pretty competitive series for the most part. The Rockets took game one pretty handedly. The Lakers have won the last two. What do you guys see with this series going forward and uh, specifically for tonight in game four? So I'll make this real quick. When I look at this series, it's two very talented teams. I mean, James Harding and LeBron James being at the forefront on that talent um, scale. I, I think the Rockets can win tonight, especially when you're in the bubble and you don't have to transition between home and away all the time. Um, it's easier to bounce back, or if you're the Lakers, it's easier to continue the momentum. The key flaw that I've seen in the Lakers is that they don't have that third star, or they don't have um, mm-hmm. that set role player that can really push them over the hump. If you look at the Houston Rockets, they at least have James Harding, obviously Russell Westbrook, but then they have um, uh, P.J. Tucker, corner three Tucker, like money mm-hmm. in the bank Tucker. So there's, there's certain a play style that they're a little bit more set in stone and what to accomplish. Um, I'm surprised that Anthony Davis hasn't been um, like racking up even more points than he's been doing. So uh, it's, it's going to be interesting, but I, I think tonight uh, I'd like to see the Rockets win, but I think the Lakers make this three one tonight. I think you hit on the head with that. Uh, definitely the Lakers need that guy, um, that third man. And arguably, I'm looking at game three. Rajon Rondo, I think, was that guy. Um, I mean, he's not known to shoot threes, but, you know, he was pretty effective there going three for five. Um, And I think overall, Lakers have done a pretty good job adjusting to that small ball lineup. And they've been, um, since game one, they've been pretty good at, um, you know, keeping up with with the Rockets. LeBron James, obviously, the other night, um, game three going off, uh, all around really good game. Anthony Davis. Um, also, you know, scoring a lot, shooting from a high clip, both of them. And, you know, I think for the Rockets, um, they, they just need everybody to, they just need everyone to step up um, at this point. Uh, Russ definitely has to limit the turnovers. Um, past few games, he's shot pretty well, um, given his past, past few games. Um, but, yeah, I, th- I think Lakers are going to be coming out of this one uh, regardless. I just want to touch on a couple of things. One being that playoff Rondo is 100% and 1 million percent will always be a thing. I think it, it, I think it comes from the fact that this man is so experienced and has been on so many teams that he kind of just like knows everyone's game plan. Like what was he? He was gone for the the first round. And I think like for all the, uh, the uh, consolation games before that. And he, he just came back for these last two games or uh, uh, yeah, he just came back for these games and he played insane. He had a plus 28, uh, 
plus minus. Like, like this man is just one of the smartest players in the NBA. So I get props to Rajon Rondo. Another thing throughout the playoffs, the Rockets are when PJ Tucker is in the game plus uh, eighteen, and when he's out of the game minus twenty six. So like, I don't understand like. I don't, I, for me, like, I just feel like you need to keep P.J. Tucker in because, like, he's, like, the glue guy of this team. Whenever he's on the bench, they just seem to just stink it up and just look awful. Like, like, I don't know what it is. It just – this is really make or break time for Houston because if if they lose this game, I, it's already out. I think it's already out of the door. I, th- I think that uh, L.A. is going to seal it off in these next two games. But, uh, yeah, it's it, it's honestly it, – it, the time is starting to run out, run out for Houston. And it's not looking any good for uh, Harden and Russell Westbrook right now. PJ, you say you don't know what it is when Tucker's off the floor. I think we do know, and it's that he's the closest thing that they have to a guy who can play big. Um, we know they love to run small. They pretty much don't play a center. But Tucker kind of allows them to get away with that a little bit because he plays so much above his size, both with his rebounding and his defense. Um, so when he's not on the floor, it's kind of a bunch of guys that don't even have a chance of really um, matching up with Davis. Um, so I think that's why Tucker's been so valuable to them. I think the Lakers are the better team, and I think for that reason, they'll just simply, when it comes down to it, take the Rockets. But I think just going forward, this team can go as far as LeBron goes. I think Davis is amazing, but I think you know what you're going to get from him. But if we get game three type of games from LeBron like he had in the last game, where he's just willing this team to victory, I think that's what they need. Because Rondo can step up. That's nice. They got some role players who might have big games on occasion. But like Cole said, they don't have that consistent third whale as a guy who can get buckets for them. So I think to make up for that, LeBron's just going to have to have one of the best runs he's ever had. Game three is a great start for that. And if he keeps up on that pace, the Lakers definitely can win the finals. So as we transition between like the Lakers and Clippers argument, um, has the pendulum swinged from um, you favoring the Clippers in the series, Jake? Um, I, I don't think so. I think the Clippers for, you know, a lot of the reasons I just talked about are problems for the Lakers. I mm-hmm. don't think it is for the Clippers. They have a third guy in Lou Williams. They have a fourth guy in Vontrez Harrell. They have a fifth guy in Marcus Morris. Like they got a lot of options plus the top end talent, including a guy like Kawhi who's done it before. So that's why I just always was a fan of them over the Lakers is because, yeah, you got LeBron and Davis, but then who else? And mm-hmm. I think the Clippers have a ton of depth. And I think in a seven-game series, that's really going to wear the Lakers down. All right, yeah. And I, I, I think those are good points you bring up, Jake. But I'm going back into another game that happened last night, probably the best game we've seen in the NBA bubble and the, the playoffs thus far, obviously, was the uh, Toronto Raptors versus Boston Celtics game six. That was an absolute rock fight of a game. So um, a little bit of context here. Kemp Walker didn't score till the second half. He was um, largely a minus um, offensively. But defensively, if you look at the stats, he was guarding Kyle Lowry the whole night. And Lowry had himself a game. And it's, it's, it's tough to separate offensive and defense when I, I think that knee injury that Kevin Walker is dealing with might not deal with his explosiveness or getting to the basket, but it's definitely dealing with his fatigue. And it's definitely dealing with um, his shot creations or how often he wants to shoot. And so I think that's messed up his rhythm. And also what I've liked out of the Toronto Raptors is that they're doing an excellent job in trapping uh, Kemba Walker off the screen. So the normal play is that with Kemba Walker in, and with the ball in his hand, um, you, you would see Daniel Tice set a screen and then they would just trap him from that point on. I mean, when you have OG and you got Siakam, you can do that. And that's why the loss of Gordon Hayward is so glaring in this because Gordon Hayward would always – or 
at least 80% of the time, bring up the ball in those scenarios. And he's got way more length and really good passing IQ that he can create shots for Kemba Walker off ball. Now we're seeing Kemba Walker do it in the reverse role, and it's just too much of a demand on him. And then if you transition it over to Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown doing it, there's an excess amount of turnovers, and there's usually poor shot selection, and then there's usually an accelerant on a fatigue factor, and we saw that in game six. Uh, yeah, <clears throat> I think uh, I think what you said is is totally right. And being on the topic of Kemba, if you watch that first that first half, um, the Raptors, I mean, they're always constantly switching their defense. Nick Nurse is really good with that, um, you know, keeping the Celtics' offense on their toes. But they were playing a box and one on on Kemba Walker in that in that first half, or at least first quarter, um, mm-hmm. from what I saw. And so players like um, like Tatum, I know he had he had trouble uh, shooting early on. Um, Jalen obviously had a good game, but you know, those, those other players, if, if Kemba is, is, um, is getting played like that, these other players need to step up, um, because the shots are there. If you got if you box in one, you got to swing the ball around. Um, there's going to be an open guy, uh, specifically, I know there was a play where Marcus Smart, um, when they were doing that defensive form, Marcus Smart hit a three, which was nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely you need those, those other guys to step up and, you know, and, and hit those hit those open shots when when they're there. When I'm looking at the Celtics roster, um, Jake, it's it, it seems like a, a large flaw that's been kind of wasn't as glaring in the beginning part of the series, but it's glaring now is that how much Gordon Hayward meant offensively. Um, defense we've seen pretty taut this whole series, but it, it's just the rotation of guys it, in the playoffs. You at least want a seven man eight-man rotation. Right now, the Celtics are working at like six, six. Like, those guys are playing a monstrosity amount of minutes. And I like Marcus Smart's energy off the bench. And it's, 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 it's disconcerting for me going into a game seven when we, when we saw an absolute rock fight in game six and a gut punch. Do you think that gut punch will linger into game seven or who are you pulling for on Friday? I, I, would, I would say I'm still confident in the Celtics because – I think they've been the better team in probably four out of six games. I know that's kind of lame to say when the series is 3-3, but I think they should have won game three that uh, OG hit that buzzer beater on, and that would have put them up 3-0. So the Celtics have had this series in their grasp a few times, and credit to the Raptors being a a championship-tested team. They've battled back each time. But I think, you know, you saw Nick Nurse make an amazing adjustment in game six. That was really good defense they played, and, Credit to the players, of course, but also that scheme, the Celtics had no answer for. Um, Kemba couldn't break the box in one. Tatum would try and just penetrate through too much in, in the lane, and it, it struggled for him. He put up good stats at the end of the day, but he, he did not play well. He had a lot of costly turnovers. So I think now it's time for Stevens to make a counter-adjustment to that, where he maybe gets Tatum in a little bit more of open space, maybe set some picks so he doesn't have spicy pee on him as much because – as much as he's been horrible on offense, um, Siakam, he's really, um, really locked Tatum up, especially in game six. Tatum had like four air balls down the stretch of that game. He took like fadeaway jumpers where he just straight Dude, didn't even make the rim. Trash. So I think it's, I think it's on the coach. You got a young team and they, they uh, had a coaching adjustment in game six that kind of threw you through a loop. It's time for you guys to make one now. I still think you got the best player in the series. I'm still confident the Celtics can pull it out, but I think it'll look a lot like game six where it's an absolute battle the whole way. 
One thing that I noticed about the game plan from last night is that they completely shut out Kemba Walker out, out of the process. Like, there was times where Kemba was, like, draining down the clock for, like, 15 seconds. He had the ball in his hand. Then he would just pass it out to Jalen Brown or pass it out to Jason Tatum just to shoot it, and it would just go right around the, uh, the other way. Raptors had the ball. So I, they, they did a fantastic job on just uh, making the Celtics beat, beat them with shooting, like, especially for, especially for Jalen Brown. He had a very good game. Mm-hmm. Uh, down the stretch, he was kind of cold. But, uh, yeah, Kemba was – completely out of that game. Jake, like you said, Jason Tatum, like, at points looked good, but there was more stretches where he was forcing up a lot of shots. I feel like you had to do that because they really had nothing going. Marcus Smart had the game of his life. He had a triple-double. He was fantastic. Took a lot of hard hits. But uh, one thing I do want to take out of this from game six, everyone, I know everyone's going to say it, everyone's thinking about it, uh, but it's something that I saw today is that Tony Brothers, the uh, – sorry, Tony Brothers and Mark Davis, the, the refereeing staff, uh, including uh, the playoffs, all the games that the Toronto Raptors have played with that uh, referee squad, they are fourteen and two. So does that like say anything about well, like? Well, the, the only people that, that beat this, this, the only people that have beat the Toronto Raptors is the Celtics those two times. Yes. So I, I look at. Um, I was almost going to call him Scott Foster's, but Tony Brothers. When I look at him, he's, he's the type of guy that calls uh, – he has got a pretty tight ship, and he's going to control the game the way he wants it to have controlled. It's, it's, it, he's, he's been shrouded with controversy like for the past 15 years. Mm-hmm. I, I don't like him as a ref, but I, I, I don't like to subscribe to the argument that you lose a game because of the refs. I think there's so many um, differentiations and from point A to point B that you could win a basketball game that doesn't involve the ref. And it didn't come down to a final shot with the Celtics. We just, we just, it, it was just a hard fought game and you, we didn't get outplayed by any means. It was just, they made shots where we didn't and they made great defensive stops. Now I do have a bone to pick with Nick nurse. Okay. That I do have a bone to pick. You're standing on the court in the corner. I know Jason Tatum, that's a terrible pass by Jason Tatum, but that doesn't ignore, that's ignoring the fact that Nick Nurse was on the court and he was out of the coaching box. That's an automatic T. That's oh, a T right there. It, it should have been. I, I, was, I was furious. And in the heat of the game, they, you know, they even fast reviewed movement. it. They even reviewed it. it it's, I, if, there's, if there's actual evidence, right? If there's actual evidence showing that a person messed up, then, then why, why don't you? What, what, are you, what are we doing with the review for if it's not going to change anything? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also, I, Nick Nurse suddenly has eight reviews. It seemed like he was reviewing every other oh call. Oh, my gosh. It's, it's ridiculous. Him and, oh, my gosh, Kyle Lowry, as good as Kyle Lowry is, um, you know, I respect his game, but, oh, my God. The, the, like, the crying with the calls, every single thing, he, he complains. I mean, mm. every, every player does it, but I think he, t- he takes it to, uh, like, another level. Um, and then he'll do it so much where the refs, I don't get what these rules are. The refs review it. If I feel like if, if the players like plead enough, the refs will review it. I don't get it. And it slows the pace of the game down. Um, you know, it's tough if, you know, the Celtics have some momentum or, you know, on the other side, if the Raptors have momentum, it's just slows the game down. And it's, it's really, it's, it's unfair. I think, uh, honestly. Okay, so adding, if you guys are talking about calls, one thing I really want to lead into, uh, double, it was double overtime. I, f- I figured out what minute it was, but uh, Daniel Tice secures the offensive rebound mm-hmm. over Andrew, OG Andrew who's all over him, and they mm-hmm. call Norman Powell on the reach and foul. And so that's when Nick Nurse uses his 14th millionth uh, uh, reversal <laughs> challenge call 
and that's when that's when they review it. And so they took back the foul the foul call. But one thing I didn't get is Cl- Tice clearly had possession of the ball. Like his feet were set, he came down on the ball and he brought it to like his lap. Mm-hmm. Why do they get the ball at tip off at half court when the Celtics that's, are down by one point? That's not even the first time they've done that. Game? Tony Brothers yeah. has has done that twice, and it still doesn't make sense to me. It's but like if you retain me. if you retain possession of a rebound, and it's your your player that's shooting and it's an offensive rebound. Wouldn't, wouldn't you give it back to the team that secured the offensive rebound? So I was listening to an interesting interview today. Danny Ainge was on the Sports Hub this morning, and he was talking about um, the takeaways of last night's game. And he, he said the calls were a bit questionable on both sides um, in, until it hit the second half. Then it seemed primarily to be against the Celtics in some of the calls. And the biggest gripe he had was the um, going into overtime uh, call when it was clearly just no, there was no contact at all. I believe it. What, what was it? Um, Tice, Jason, Jason Tatum, and uh, Anubi. With oh, yeah, yeah, and Anubi. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it just went fl- flailing out of bounds, and we could we could have had the ball in our own half of the court there. That's the one that he had the biggest bone to pick because he said that was clearly like, um, and they even reviewed it. He said that was clearly a no foul, and it should have been um, our ball, and we could have had like another shot at not even going into the first overtime. Which exactly, exactly, and it's a basketball play. They're both going for the ball, and you cannot call that with how how much time was on the clock. I forget. I don't. I don't remember. I think. I think even after that, like if we got the ball at that time, uh, the Raptors still got another shot up. So, because um, remember, it was that one that Pascal Siakam did that wild top of the key yeah, three that randomly oh, yeah. window so yeah. that's clearly I'll, I'll enough time to get a shot up so i mean yeah you you can't you can't make a call like that with mm-hmm. with that much time on the on the clock you just can't i think i think it was 2.5 if i'm not mistaken yeah, yeah. well they they admitted the only um call that they admitted in the last two minute report that they do the next day was they said uh the end of regulation kemma did get fouled on that on that layup where like the whole mm-hmm. raptors team just, oh, like, yeah. fell on him yeah so at least they admitted to one call, but I don't know. I just hope they stop micromanaging the game so much. I think the Celtics got the wrong end of a lot of it, which is unlucky. But even besides that, just just stop going to reviews. Like it's one thing at the end of the game, but with like five minutes left in the second quarter, what are they doing? Like reviewing like a three point foul. Lowry gets a three point and a flagrant foul because Smart took his like the space from under him. That's a six point play. I don't know why they're reviewing yeah. it. It just makes the game like grind to a halt and it's supposed to be like a fast-paced game between two mm-hmm. like young athletic teams mm-hmm. so i just hope in game seven i i hope the celtics get a benefit of the calls but either way i hope it's not such a choppy game um do you guys do you are you guys still confident well, pj has the raptors as the finals favorite i don't know if you still do but cole and sam are you still confident in the celtics it's for us to win in game seven we're gonna need a career game out of jason tatum it, it's it's as simple as that. It's either that or we're going to have to have the second coming of Kelly Olenek. Um, <laughs> <laughs> remember that game seven against the Wizards? Where he Grant dropped 26. 28, 26, Grant yeah. Williams could be, could be Kelly 2.0. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, or, yeah, we, we, you just, oh, if, whenever it comes down to game sevens, it's either your superstar needs to have a career game or there has to be some wild X factor. Yeah, that's that's game. what it comes down to with me. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, obviously, I'm going to be pulling for the Celtics. Um, and, you know, the Raptors, uh, you know, they, they've been pretty, pretty inconsistent um, during the series. 
so, I just pray to God Siakam doesn't get in his groove. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. He, yeah, he, he's he's bad when uh, when he's when he's when he's on. But yeah, I, I think the Celtics are are gonna pull out of this one. I'm expecting. I mean, especially at the end of the game when things were getting scrappy after the the final buzzer. I mean, you saw Smart. He was he was barking over at a uh, Powell. I think it was. <laughs> um, so I I like that. I like that. You know, the the Celtics are they're they're ticked off and. I like that energy. I want them to bring that into uh, Game Seven. Hopefully, Mark and Saul can continue to suck. Um, I think he was zero for eleven for threes up until Game Six. Um, yeah, so keep going, keep going, Mark. He also got that haircut, which is god awful ugly. Um, but uh, yeah, Celtics. Celtics are gonna come out of this one. No, I, I, I think Celtics. I think Tatum needs to have a big game. I think he will, though. I don't think you're going to see a performance like that from Celtics two games in a row. So mm-hmm. I'm sticking to the original prediction, Celtics and stuff. As it does pain me to watch this because I did pick the Raptors to go to the finals and eventually win it. Like, my inner Celtics fan is coming out. But, like, honestly, I'm just going to stay neutral on this and, and have a just neutral answer and just, say, and just not say anything. But one thing that you have to take into key initiative of in this is that Kemba Walker has to, like, come back to cardiac Kemba form. Not even that, just like just score more than 10 points. Yeah. yeah. Like th- that's one thing. But another thing that you could take out of this is that, like, I don't know, he, he could play as good defense on Lowry, but I just, I, in my opinion, I think Lowry has been the best player in this whole series. Like, like without Siakam, uh, well, as bad as, sorry, as, as bad as Siakam's been, it's been, it's been Lowry and it's been Fred Van Vliet. I, I, and, I think and, Jason Tatum has been the best player in this series. He's had um, five over 30-point games and five over 10-rebound games, so. But yeah, so in my opinion, I just I just feel like it's gonna be a very hard fought game. But I I I also don't know who who's gonna win. I was shaking all game last night. I'm still thinking about it. So I still got the I still got the cuckoo, the cuckoo bird coming in my coming in my head. So I I don't know what's going on anymore. But but yes, that is my intake of the things. <laughs> very well said. Uh, <laughs> um, so quickly, um, want to get into the the Heat Bucks series, and you know. We'll have plenty of time once we know who the Heat are playing to uh, get into that conference finals matchup and get predictions on that. So I just want to more talk about the actual Heat Bucks series and what went wrong for the Bucks. And now, you know, this is three years in a row where Giannis has been an elite player. Um, the past two, he would have been the MVP. Uh, it's three years in a row where they've kind of just failed to deliver as they should have. Mm-hmm. Do you guys think like they can keep this team together as? as is and when, or do you think like a lot of people are saying Giannis is Shaq and he needs to find his Kobe? It's, it's interesting. You bring that up the Shaq and Kobe comparison. Um, I don't think there's a Kobe on the market you can get, but um, Bootenhoser, they came and they claimed, this is just a a wild claim by the organization that he won't be fired. Um, And then Eric Bledsoe came out and Mm -hmm. uh, said that he offers himself up as trade bait. (laughs) It's like, okay, cool. (laughs) <laughs> but I, I think they, they, they're missing the fact that they don't have Brogdon. I think Brogdon was a key cog yes. in their system. And yes. he, he did get paid, but I don't know. I think that's, that's a guy they're really missing. Um, they, they, they need consistency, right? I mean, Giannis is shown to be a one-dimensional player until he gets his outside shot, which he just doesn't seem like he's going to be forming anytime soon. So I just, I just think right now they're, they're treading water, and they're in partially the, the worst – the worst scenario you could be in um, as an NBA team have a lot of money tied up into a lot of very expensive and very useful assets, but not being able to perform terrible. Yeah, uh, definitely. They need a, they need, they need just something different. They need, um, they need more consistency. Cole. Yeah, I agree with that. 
Um, you know, <clears throat> Eric Bledsoe, I thought I always thought he was a good shooter, and I did not realize how bad he was. Um, I mean, maybe he's in a slump, but uh, up during this during the series during the playoffs, he just hasn't shot well. Mm-hmm. Um, during during the series with the Heat, actually, the Heat were leaving him wide open, um, and he still couldn't knock him down. Yeah. But moving forward, um, obviously the Bucks are going to be keeping Giannis. It seems like Giannis wants to stay there. Um, as much I think it would be cool to see him, you know, join another team. Um, he needs. He definitely needs that that second that second guy, Chris Middleton. He's great. Um, but I just don't think, I don't think Chris Middleton is, is that guy that can bring it to the next level. Mm-hmm. Um, as we saw towards the end of that series, when Giannis wasn't out, um, Chris Middleton, he's not the kind of guy that can be like a huge playmaker. He's better off the ball, I think. Um, and kind of getting off the topic that we're just on Chris Middleton, um, just is not the player to, to lead that team without Giannis, but definitely I, I think Bucks are going to be changing some, some stuff up this, this coming season. Out of the three games that Giannis uh, played against Miami, he shot 75% at the rim, 26% on two-point shooting, Ooh. non-layups and dunks, and Ugh. 21% from the three-point range. So, like, do you guys remember when Harden was basically, like, slandering Giannis, saying, like, all he can do is just, like, finish above the rim because like, he's tall? Yeah. So, like – in retrospect, is is Harden right? Like, is is Giannis just like a very tall player that it just benefited from his height? Like, well, I don't really know what it is. Like, like that, that, I, is, that yeah. it's a true statement, but I don't think you can hold it against him. I mean, like, if you have those attributes and you've won multiple MVPs and, and multiple Defensive Players of the Year, then then kudos to you. I mean, James Harden's decisively the more skilled player as a basketball player, maybe the most skilled basketball player in the league right now. But um, I, I think. I don't know. I think it just becomes a struggle in this NBA that that favors outside shooting so much that you have um, a star, arguably the best player in the league, that just can't sink an outside shot or even a turnaround J. <laughs> Going into that, uh, Cole, you talked about Malcolm Brodman earlier, and I want to get more into that. The, the, Mo- Milwaukee, the Milwaukee organization promised, and, and they said they would do anything for Giannis to, to stay in town, anything. yet they refused to sign Brodman. <laughs> Due to luxury tax tax concerns, <laughs> like, are are you serious? Yeah, like he was, I, the, I like people like I, people will make memes and make fun because because he was the rookie of the year, and probably because <laughs> Joel Embiid was was injured that year. But he was a very key cog in that system, and he went and he went to Indiana, and they 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 lost their playmaker. They lost a guy that can control the pace and just carve out the defenses on all three levels. He was their guy, and they just they just let him walk. So like. If if I'm Giannis, and I'm going to the games, it's game four. I'm on the bench right now. I'm looking at Eric Bledsoe and Brooke Lopez and Chris Middleton, who looks like Tony Snell on the on on three out of the four days of the night. Like like what do I do? Like like do you just say I want I want out of town? Like because this at at a point you got to put the blame either on Milwaukee or on Giannis. I don't know what you can do. I it's 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 I think it's a a question that Milwaukee's going to have to ponder for the whole summer. Maybe they'll have to go to uh, Boca on a fishing trip and really try to fish, figure things <laughs> out. But um, no, I think Giannis stays another year, and I think you're going to see a vastly different Milwaukee Bucks team because the NBA is just wild like that. Anyways, Jake, you want to wrap this up? Yeah. All right. So uh, that'll do it for this week's episode uh by the time we're next on here we will have seen if the celtics crushed our hopes or if they moved on um looking forward to the game seven looking forward to the rest of the semis and then 
where we'll be looking at a good conference finals by the next time we're talking. So uh, we'll see you then.